0: Hey, thanks for checking out the V1 Church Podcast. You're getting ready to hear a message from our lead pastor, Mike Signorelli. Have you ever asked yourself the question, if God is real, then what's the purpose that he created humanity for? Or why did God even create planet Earth in the first place? Well, Pastor Mike is getting ready to bring some wisdom and revelation on this topic. So without further ado, here it is, As It Is in Heaven, episode two. I'm I'm believing in the next several minutes that I'm going to completely change the way that you read the Bible. I'm serious. The way that you understand religion, the way that you understand Christianity, I believe that you can leave this place right now, wherever you're watching from, and say... That just blew my mind. And I'm not talking about me as a communicator. I'm talking about what Jesus actually said, because there is so much mythology around this whole thing that I've got to set the record straight. Can somebody give me an amen if you're ready to let me set the record straight? Come on. So today, as you're taking notes, I I can't promise you that this is going to be a simple word. I'm going deep. I'm I'm going to tell you exactly what it says in the Bible, and I'm not going to apologize for it. If you need to rewind this thing and listen to the podcast again, go ahead and do it. But this word is so significant because if you miss today, you miss it all. But if you get it today, it unlocks the secret to the entire message of God for you. Okay? Now, last week, I'll be honest with you, I'm just being vulnerable. I was very nervous. Uh, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't really, I had never really taught a message like I taught for episode one of As It Is in Heaven. And I just said, God, I'm going to be obedient to what I feel that your Holy Spirit wants me to communicate to our house, to V1 Church. And do you know that it was one of the most talked about episodes in the history of our entire podcast? I woke up and went to bed every single day to messages about how it changed their life. You know, we spend money like we spend time. The only difference is we're not going to get more time. And so we're all in this fight for priority. How do I spend my time? How do I know that I'm doing right in life? I'm torn between spending time on my job, with my kids, with my spouse. I mean, looking for a spouse, right? And how do I know I'm doing it right? And Jesus said, I'm not going to give you priority two, three, four, five, and six. I'm going to give you priority number one. And if you can do this one thing and put it first, everything else will align. Seek first the kingdom. And then everything else you're worrying about, food, water, shelter, clothing, where you're going to live, how you're going to live, it's all going to be added to you as well. Man, it helps so many people. People woke up every single day last week and said, before I grab for my phone, I'm going to be grabbing for the hand of my Heavenly Father. I, before I do anything else, I'm going to seek the kingdom first. But, you know, it's a little confusing because even that phrase, kingdom, what does it mean? I mean, think about this. Jesus was asked by the disciples how to do only one thing, how to pray. And and he answered like this, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come right here down on earth. Your kingdom come. At that point, kingdom come in Roman-occupied Israel. Your kingdom come right here on Long Island. Can I get an amen? As it is in heaven. What does that mean? We've read it. We've said it our entire lives. What does that even mean? Well, you're getting ready to find out. I'm telling you. In the next several minutes, you're never going to be able to go back. You're going to be responsible for the rest of your life for what I'm about to tell you. Are you ready? Are you ready? You know, preachers preach all the time that the whole point is you say this little prayer and then you get to go to heaven, right? And, and I believe that's true. I mean, Jesus hanging on the cross looked at, at the, the thief next to him and said, today you're going to be in paradise with me. But the, is that where it ends? I mean, is that, is that the whole, the whole plan? There's got to be something more to that. And we all kind of feel inherently that there is something more. You know how I know that, that you believe there's something more? Because you have this inherent need to control your own life. If you were truly atheistic, you wouldn't feel a need to control your life because you didn't get here uh, by control. You got here by random chance. So even the very desire to control your, your life is evidence that there's something else because you, you have this desire to bring control to chaos, order to chaos. Why do you even want influence? Why does it matter to you how many people like your picture on Instagram? You have a desire, a need for influence. Why? I mean, why do we call it, You know, it used to be Vogue to say leader. I want to be a leader. Now the term is Influencer. Why? Why do you even want to influence? Why does it matter how many people follow you on Instagram? Why do, why do you want to create a life for yourself? Why, why wasn't it okay for you to just work the job that your dad worked? Why did you want a different existence for yourself? I know why, and I'm getting ready to tell you why, and it's going to change your life forever because it's going to unlock a secret about why you're actually here. If God even exists, preacher, if this whole thing is the result of his intelligent design, then why did he even create humanity in the first place? Why even create this earth and everything in it if he knew if it was going to be this evil, this corrupt, this chaotic? Why? I wish I could have more control over my life. And if we were all just being honest today, church, can we just be really honest? I wish I could have more control over the lives of other people. And if you think I'm lying, why don't you just drive in traffic in New York when you realize you've lost all control? Let me just tell you a story before we really dive in. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. I hope you're ready to take notes for it. But I want to start with a story. You know, we have this discovery, I'm saying it in air quotes, of the new world by Christopher Columbus in 1492. And it sets off this wave of westward expansion. Over the next several centuries, you know, we have the empires of Europe, such as England, France, Holland, Spain, and Portugal that go into this new territory and they start to colonize it. And what they brought was their culture over the Atlantic Ocean into North and South America. As a matter of fact, if you go to what is now Brazil today in 2019... They don't speak Spanish because Spain didn't successfully colonize them. They speak Portuguese in Brazil. Now let me tell you one of the earliest stories, and this is just how the story goes, uh, because Portuguese monarchs, uh, Ferdinand and Isabella, they sponsored this journey that Columbus took, and then they they discovered, I I say it in air quotes, what is now modern day Brazil, and you have though a kingdom. So Portugal was reigned by a king, and he had a son. Now I want you to remember this, because it's very important to your own personal life, and it's going to unlock how you read scripture and how you understand. Understand this thing that you're in right now. And I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about the government of God. Because kings are not voted into power. Kings are born. And so you have the king of Portugal and you have his son. And there's this little argument, if you will. The son goes to his father and says, Dad, I want to be king now. And the dad said, Well, you know how kingdoms work. That's not possible. You can't be king until I die. Unless you go to another region. And if you go into that other territory and, you, and, and it's a territory that we own and we have sovereign rule over, then there in that place, you will have my delegated authority and you will be king. And that's the agreement that they made. And he came into what is now known as Brazil. But guess what? Every single time dad showed back up, The son would go from king and be demoted back to prince. And then when dad would leave, he'd say, It's better that I leave because when I leave, you go from being a prince to being king again. Do you see how this works? This is integral to your understanding of this entire thing that you were destined, destined to do for your life. Yes, you. This is how kingdoms work. All kingdoms have territory, they have land. But there can only be one sovereign to rule over it. There can only be one sovereign to rule over it. This is all going to make a lot more sense. So you have this picture in this story that illustrates the relationship between God, the king of heaven, and man or humanity, his regent here on earth. Because if you're thinking about all the preaching you ever raised up here in, the whole point was just say this little prayer and you will go to heaven. But see, if that was God's only intention, his only purpose for you, then why even make earth in the first place? We're going to talk to, talk to you about why. Because in the Bible, you have to understand king and kingdom. You've been raised under presidents that were voted into power, but kings, they were born. I want to show you something. This is what Jesus actually taught. So stop thinking about, listen, I love preaching. I love the fact that we share V1 preaching clips. But I want you to forget about Mike Signorelli and any other preacher that you've heard preach. The preaching that you were raised in preaching, I want to go back to the source, right? Because whether or not something's fake news or not, you got to go back to the reliability of the source. So even though I love content about relationships and dating, I mean, I love hearing sermons about how we can overcome hard challenges in our life. And all of us have these preachers that have championed us into the next season of our life, but I want to take you back so let's push aside all the topical preaching Jesus was here for 30 years a little over 30 years and he had a finite amount of time what did he use that time to preach about I mean what would his viral preaching clip have been about what did he say I'm going to take you back to the source can I take you back Come on, Luke chapter nine, verse 10. I'm gonna give you some scriptures, so write these down. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. He spoke to them About the kingdom of God. Wait, he didn't talk about being single and dating. He didn't talk about uh, getting through, you know, these these really hard times. I mean, no, he spoke about the king and healing those who needed healing. Let me give you Luke chapter nine verse twenty-seven. I tell you the truth. What's the truth? Some of you who are standing here will not taste death before you see the kingdom of God. What? What? Okay, let's keep going. Don't be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. But but it would have been so he's been pleased to give you the 10 steps to unlocking your success to be financially prosperous. He's given you the five ways that you can be alone but not lonely. He's getting no, I've given you, I've been pleased to give you the kingdom. Wait a second. Man, what, what are you talking about? The kingdom. Can, can I keep going? Luke chapter 22, verse 20. And I conferred t- on you a kingdom just as my father conferred one on me. But I don't want that. I want principles. I want keys. I want lessons. I want things that I can utilize to build my own empire. My own. No, I've had a kingdom conferred on me and I want to give you a kingdom. This is probably now one of my most famous, uh, favorite moments in the life of Jesus here on earth. So, and, and I'm going to read you this scripture. He's standing in front of a Roman governmental figure. Now, this is a side note. I'm going deep for the theologians in the room. Why did, was Jesus born in the time in which he was born? I believe it, a lot, it had a lot to do with the Roman Empire, which was a colonizing kingdom Looking enough like God's original intent for the earth that he chose to put Jesus, which was God in flesh, in the midst of it so we'd have a parallelism to understand the way in which we should exist. That's a side note. Jesus now is standing in front of a Roman governmental figure, and he's posed with this question: "Are you a king?" It's the very question that was so scandalous. His response was going to get him killed for it. Jesus said, "My kingdom is not of this world. It's not of this world." Okay, so he's admitting he has a kingdom. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. By the Jews, but now my kingdom is from. And this kind of like sends chills up my spine every time I read it. My kingdom is from another place. If you ever, if you ever went, attended a funeral and, and as everyone's talking about heaven, thought to yourself, is it real? Jesus is acknowledging not only is it real, it's another place. It's a kingdom, which means it has structure, order, which means that there's these intricacies of how it's governed. And then Pilate declares, you are a king then. And Jesus answered, you are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason, I was born. Remember, kings are born. They're not voted into power. And for this, I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on this side of truth listens to me. In other words, there's going to be some who get a revelation that he is the king, and some that don't. These are all excerpts from Jesus' sermons. Never once have you heard him preach about bringing religion. You know, some of your friends are probably like, man, ever since you started going to V1 church, you're so religious. I didn't take you as a religious type. I remember taking the shots with you. I remember us sharing stories about how we slept with all those women. I mean, you're so religious now. And I think maybe this is an appropriate time just to load you up because you can remind them that Jesus never talked about establishing a religion. And I'm not a religious person because all religion, all the artifacts and all the stuff that we have to repeat and all the rules that we have to follow ever was is man's attempt to get to God but Jesus was God's attempt to get to us to restore relationship not just give us a religion does anyone believe it today you know this is this is going to change every single thing that you thought you knew about the Bible the main message that Jesus preached was the kingdom of God has arrived the kingdom of God not a religious ceremony, not a 70-minute service on Sunday. It's so much more than that. It's this kingdom. His birth heralded this triumphant return of the kingdom of heaven to earth. So what? what? What do we do with all this? I want to break this open for you. God is the king over all creation kings have land. Land means that you have dominion. Dominion produces culture and culture reproduces dominion. Okay, now you're probably like, okay, pastor, slow down. I don't understand all of what you just said. Kings always have land. Land means that you have dominion. Dominion produces culture and culture reproduces dominion. So in Portugal, they have land. And there's a king over that land. They extend their influence by taking over a region of South America. And they have dominion over it. They say, hey, I don't care what life was like before we got here, but it's gonna start looking like Portugal. It's gonna start sounding like Portugal. So, what happens is kings have land, they extend their influence by taking more territory. That influence brings dominion, that dominion produces culture, and that culture reproduces the dominion. So, what happens is this you've got Long Island, there's chaos. And then all of a sudden, God says, I want to bring the kingdom back to. This region. I want to step into the chaos and bring order, and I'm going to use some delegates that I have that are going to change the way Long Island sounds, that are going to change the way that Long Island does business. There's no such thing as business as usual. I'm disrupting it with a countercultural kingdom. Yes, you have democracy. Yes, you have the religions and the traditions of men. Yes, you have the philosophical thought of men, but something is migrating from the mind of God and being deposited in your midst and now order is coming to chaos it's the kingdom of heaven in your midst man do you understand what i'm talking about today it's so much deeper this this makes him lord when he has an extension of his influence over territory now, let me back up because you're probably like, OK, Pastor Mike, what are you talking about? Here's what I'm talking about, because you still have the vestiges of this understanding of kingdom in the English language in 2019. Why? Because when you pay rent to live at a place that you don't own, you have a landlord. See that? In all your life, you've been reading in the Bible, Lord. Praise the Lord. He is the Lord. All through the book of song, Lord, 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 you've been saying it with your, but but here's the thing. Many will say, Lord, Lord, what are you talking about? Lord is an acknowledgement that he is the king over all this territory, that he sovereignly owns it all. So now let me unlock this scripture and take it to a depth we didn't even go to last Sunday. When you seek first the kingdom and all these things are added unto you, food, water, clothing, and everything else, what you're actually acknowledging is that he is Lord. In other words, I surrender to the one who owns it all. I surrender to the one that has dominion over all and then all that he has is added unto me. Whoo! You can spend your entire life living like a slave but when you call him Lord, you understand that you're a son and the very one who owns it all is giving it all to you for you to have dominion over it the most important confession that a human being can ever make the human being that wants control so much the human being that wants to control the lives of others so much that wants to make some kind of order out of the chaos of their life says first i must surrender to the one who is lord over the seen and the unseen the planet and the universe the spiritual and the material And every time you read that word Lord in scripture, it's a reminder that there is a kingdom and that we surrender to the king. But it gets a little bit deeper than that. Can I keep going? Do I have a few more minutes to keep changing your mind and changing your paradigm and shifting you into a kingdom understanding? To surrender to the king is to inherit the prosperity of his kingdom. Come on. Kings extend their influence by taking territory. So the original purpose, and this is why a lot of the preaching you were raised and grown up in church here, they they, they got a part of it, but not the whole thing. They didn't understand kingdom. God says, yes, heaven exists. We have a kingdom. But let's extend our influence by creating another territory. We're going to call it earth. But guess what? We're not going to have dominion over it. We are going to extend our image. They're going to be image bearers. They're going to talk like me. They're going to walk like me. They're going to have my authority. They're going to have intellect, the ability to create, the ability to name. They're going to be artists who, who literally have all the materials placed in front of them and make something beautiful out of it. I'm going to create and make the earth, but then I'm going to give them dominion and they are going to be my image bearers that extend my influence. And it's going to be like heaven on earth under, and this is part two, under their dominion. And I'm going to give that to them. And so this starts to make a little bit more sense about why you have this desire to control, this desire to control the lives of other people, because control is the counterfeit for dominion. Whoo! Somebody is getting it today. How do I know this? Adam and Eve are in the garden. Let's go back to Genesis. The original purpose of humanity was this, and you can write this down in your notes. The original purpose for humanity in the Garden of Eden, going back to Genesis, is to bring order, to work, to oversee, to guard, and to protect. To bring order, to work, to oversee, to guard, and protect. And you will feel most satisfied in life, hear me, millennial, who's dissatisfied and full of discontent. Hear me, baby boomer, who has worked all the years in your career and yet still doesn't feel satiated by it. Hear me, Gen Z, who's going to school, grinding every single day, doing what your parents tell you and you still don't feel satiated. When you bring order to chaos, when you work and oversee something, suddenly your posture will begin to straighten. When you guard and protect, you're hearkening back to your original design, why you were here in the first place. And so God said this, let us make man, humanity in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule or have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and the livestock over all the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground, and the mandate of the Creator For all of mankind was rulership, not religion, rulership and dominion. As we saw earlier, the word dominion, we see it again. It translates in the Hebrew, mamlaka, which literally translates kingdom. It was the government of God, the sovereign rule of God through us. Here's the reminder. Here's the family secret. Jesus shows back up and says, hey, you're worrying so much You're worrying about food and clothing and shelter, where you're going to live and what you're going to do with your life. You're missing the whole point. You have dominion over this entire thing. I have given you all of this. Everything that you've ever seen is the territory of your father. And you're begging. You're begging when you should be having dominion over it and standing in your rightful place. I just want to end with one last story here. And I want, you know, I hope you understand this today because this will change everything about how you live your life. You know, back in, in, in the time of kingdoms, you had this, this understanding that the king represented the full weight and gravity of that government. Because, see, we have a constitution and we have laws. And so when the position changes of power, when, when the person changes the Constitution doesn't change. We maybe make amendments, but it's a different way of thinking. But the king represented the full weight of the government upon them. Their word was the law. They were not voted into power. They are born into power. And so Jesus, born into power, says, I am the word. In the beginning was the word. The full weight of the government of God is me. It's upon me. What I say is what's going to happen. And so what happens though, is this, and this is where the kingdom delegate, you, the citizen of this kingdom that has its origins in another place, you. You know that you were born for more. You know that your life has to be more than what you've been living because there's something inside of you that longs to reconnect to heaven, that longs, that understands, I'm just here to colonize earth with a culture from a place that has another origin. And see, what happens is when you understand this, you start to move in a different authority, and, and what they had then in the time of kingdoms was this phenomenon called a king's letter. And a royal edict would be signed. And what would happen was that signed royal edict would be sealed with the name of the king. And then all of a sudden the servant would go and take that, that royal edict that was signed and sealed with the name of the king and would deliver it. But because that that authority was transferred and because the king represents the fullness of the government upon himself, if he were to give his word and his word represents the fullness of his kingdom, then if he gave it to a servant, watch this, it didn't matter what the servant's IQ was. It didn't matter how much was in the bank account of the servant. It didn't matter where that servant came from. It didn't matter who that servant's physical dad and mom was or what neighborhood they came from. All that mattered is if that that servant was carrying the king's letter that was sealed with that king's name, that that servant was in that moment, the manifestation of the entire kingdom standing in front of whoever he was, or, he was giving that order to. And so in Christianity, you hear sometimes some of those old praying moms would say, in Jesus name, and you would feel the power as they begin to pray for you in Jesus name. I command this sickness to go. In Jesus name, I command this demon to go. And that's not a weird thing to say. As a matter of fact, it makes total sense when you understand kingdom because maybe they didn't have the highest IQ or the biggest bank account or weren't well born from from a family here on earth, but they were bearing the mark, the very seal of Jesus Christ and the full weight of the government of God was upon them. And they're saying, "Oh, you don't have to listen to Mike Signorelli, but in Jesus name, I command You to go and as you declare lordship and say, He is Lord over all. Yes, demon, even that body that you think you possess, there is one that I'm claiming lordship over. They that He owns that body. You may be possessing it, but I know the one who owns it. So, in Jesus' name, you have to leave. Oh, sickness and disease. Oh, yeah, you might be inhabiting that body right now, but I'm telling you, there is one who owns that body. And in Jesus' name, the Lord, the one that I surrender, the one that I represent, you have to go. And so if you want to surrender your life to the King today, if you want to take your rightful position, if you want to stand in all of what God's got for you and say, you know what? I am born for something more. I want you right now to say these words with me. The greatest confession you can ever make is Jesus is Lord. That's that's your way of saying, God, I surrender my life and all that I am to all that you created me to be. Let's pray this together. Say this prayer with me and it will be in you as it is in heaven. The the culture of heaven will begin to invade your life right now. just, Just say these words right now. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that through the cross I am restored to my home, that I will be an ambassador of your kingdom. Jesus, give me authority to have dominion and rulership through relationship with you. In your name I pray, amen, amen. Can we all just put our hands together for every single person who prayed that prayer right now and welcome them to the winning side, welcome them to the kingdom of heaven right here on earth right now. Come on, get louder and put your hands together and thank God that our family has expanded today. No longer slaves, but sons and daughters of the King. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to the very end of this podcast. I believe that God spoke to you during this message. So do us a favor and share it with a friend. Leave a review, rate this podcast, and we'll see you next time.